welcome back to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Hope you guys are doing well, recovering from the hangover of Clemson loss um, this past weekend. Tough loss, man. The guys played hard, um, gave everything they had, but in the end, uh, it just wasn't enough. Uh, of course, you know, we want to blame the referees and they didn't make it any easier, but at the end of the day, the the game was lost before those calls came into play, in my opinion. Basically, the game was, was won and lost in the, in the trenches. Uh, FSU's offensive line, you know, couldn't block Clemson's defensive line. And whenever FSU's offense did have, have opportunities, you know, they they simply wasted them, um, you know, and and had a lot to do with um, you know penalties, you know false starts, and getting behind the chains, things that we knew they couldn't afford to do against a um, a good to great defense like Clemson. You know, and I was talking in, on Twitter earlier um, with some folk, and you know I started thinking about it. And I was like, you know, talking about the ta- the talent level of the team, and it's something we'll talk about later in this podcast. But um, you know, basically. FSU has to play near perfectly, you know, meaning no turnovers, you know, very few penalties to beat average teams, you know, and that tells you a lot about the talent level on the team. You know, uh, the more talent you have on the team, the the greater margin there is for error. You know, you can overcome turnovers and have a lot of penalties and, and still, you know, roll teams. You know, that's, that's what FSU used to do back in the day, but Right now, with where the team is, they have to play near perfect football, and um, you know, obviously, that's that's very hard to do. And we saw that show up, you know, Saturday night. I thought uh, Jordan Travis played okay. You know, I thought he missed he missed a few reads in the uh, in the read option game that that turned into negative plays. That if he would have kept the ball, especially on that fourth and one play at midfield, which was crucial. If he would have kept that ball, I think he would have gotten around the edge for the one yard. But, of course, he gave it to Corbin, and Corbin was tackled for a loss. Um, he also missed another read that I saw that if he would have kept it, it, it would have been him one-on-one with a defensive end, and I, I like our chances there. Uh, Travis seemed to – I don't know. He seemed like he he was indecisive as far as you know when he should take off and run and when she and when he should keep his eyes downfield and, and you know try to make the play you know there there were times where he did keep his eyes downfield and he found receivers and then there were other times where he hesitated when he had some open space in front of him and then you know of course he was tackled for a loss or you know he was stripped from behind for a sack I'm, I, that one play in particular I know he would you know he was tackled from behind and he fumbled the ball FSU recovered it but if he hadn't hesitated, he had a lot of green grass in front of him, you know, and, um, you know, but I, I probably was a little too hard on him after the game. Um, he was on a quite a bit of duress from the uh, Clemson defensive front, but, you know, but then again, if he, if he would have been a little more decisive, you know, maybe they could have kept the chains moving and, um, you know, who knows. But at the end of the day, you know, they're just limited as an offense. Um, you know, Clemson knew that, you know, their bread and butter was running the ball and they were going to force Jordan Travis to beat him with his arm. And, you know, he's just he's just not there, you know, as a quarterback. And 
I don't I don't think he's ever going to get there, to be honest with you. I know some people were talking about, you know, he's only played X amount of games or, you know, he's had multiple coordinators and, and all, all of that is true. But at the same time, I think people are forgetting that Jordan Travis misses a lot of practice time because he is um, injury prone. And whenever you are having a game plan around a quarterback that, you know, can't practice a certain way or, you know, you can't play the game a certain way and then he winds up being injured, you know, it's hard, it's hard to, you know, to move forward in my opinion with a, a guy that is playing quarterback like that, you know, so who knows, um, you know, we'll see if Duffy uh, can come in as an early enrollee and challenge, of course, Purdy is there and, you know, he'll have two years under his belt. And of course, I think you know the coaching staff will choose the guy that they feel is the um, the best option. And if that's Jordan Travis next year, then so be it. But um, it'll be interesting to see what decision is made whenever the time comes on uh, on next year. But um, you know, as far as defensively, I thought those guys, you know, they played really hard. You know, I wrote you know three things I wanted to see. Um, from the team and you know one of them was physicality i wanted them to come out and be physical and damn the first play that clemson ran you know they snuffed out a, a little a little pass in, in the flat and just destroyed the running back and um and man they were they were laying wood they were laying wood all night uh will shipley you know that running back from clemson you know he he had a good game but man I, he was beat the hell up um you saw him just getting up sometimes like gosh you know i want to just lay here um, another thing, you know, I wanted to see was um, uh, a quick start. And, you know, they were able to get Clemson off the field um, in their first possession. And, um, you know, FSU, you know, they couldn't do much with their first possession. But, you know, ultimately FSU had a lead in the first quarter. So I couldn't really argue with, you know, how they came out. You know, they at least didn't get, you know, just ran down, you know, and down 14 nothing before you blinked. So. Um, the other thing was I needed them to, to be disciplined. And of course we had uh, a number of penalties that cost us, um, offensively as far as the false starts and, and things like that. The penalties late in the game, I, I don't agree with them. You know, um, FSU finished the game with eight or nine penalties and I thought three of them were absolute BS, you know, but at the end of the day, FSU did not take advantage of the opportunities they had earlier in the game. It, you know, if they would have been able to capitalize, um, you know, after uh, Amorion Cooper intercepted that ball, they got the ball on Clemson's side of the field and didn't even couldn't even get in range to kick a field goal. Um, you know, you can't do that. You can't do that in in those type of games. You know, so uh, just just a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, offensively but you know defensively um you know there's been a lot of talk about you know defense uh giving up you know 24 points to Clemson and I know um Bud Elliott was talking about you know uh, and a, a tool called um stop break and you know you can't just give you can't just give numbers without any context you know so basically stop break is uh whenever defense um you know, gets a team to um, to punt um, or turn a ball over and, you know, not score or be in position to kick a field goal. And, 
you know, you kind of have to give context of uh, where uh, offenses are getting the ball uh, whenever their drives begin. You know, I tweeted this earlier today and Clemson had four drives where they kicked field goals. Now they missed three of the field goals and, um, you know, I mean, all you can do is force them to kick a field goal. But uh, I think the longest of those four drives was 44 yards. You know, so it wasn't like they were driving 80 yards and then kicking a field goal. Um, you know, so stop rate is a is a good a good assessment tool in certain situations, but you also got to give context. Um, I mean, when you look at when you look at the team as a whole defensively, you have like two guys that will probably get drafted, um, maybe one more, you know, French guy, but overall, it's just. You know, there's just not a lot of talent on the defense, but you can see real improvements in the team. And I know everybody wanted to fire Adam Fuller after the Jacksonville State game. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, earlier, he he made a a terrible call in that situation at the end of the game. But when you look at everything in, the, in totality, the defense has improved drastically um, compared to last year. When you go and look at advanced metrics, um, after eight games last year, FSU was was ranked. Um, let me look it up real quick. FSU was ranked um, 108 after eight games last year, and they haven't updated the, the stats yet for um, the Clemson game. But after after seven games um, this year, FSU was ranked number 42, and when you look at the advanced metrics in every in every category, FSU is like number fifty five, number sixty eight, number sixty three, number fifty five, sixty eight, forty, fifty four, fifty six. You know, all average numbers. And when you look at the players that we have, you have a lot of average players. Really, I mean, because like I said, you have what two, maybe three that'll get drafted um, next year, and so. You know, and when you're looking at going against, um, you know, a talented team, uh, yeah, Clemson, you know, they've been terrible. They've been terrible on offense all year, um, but they still have more talent than FSU does. And when you go back and look at the game, most of their big plays were missed tackles. You know, the long run by um, – I can't pronounce his name. Not not Shipley, but the other running back. Um, the long run he had – there were missed tackles at the beginning of of that play. You know, Shipley ran through um, a, a number of arm tackles on a couple of fizz runs. Guys are in position, you know, to make the play. They just they just got to make the play. Travis J is one on one with a tight end in position, doesn't make the play. I mean, what what more do you want from Adam Fuller? The guys are in position. Um, and you're seeing you're seeing some advanced things show up. You saw uh, them time some blitzes up pretty well to force DJ to get rid of the ball on third down. Um, the play that um, Cooper made the intercept, interception on, uh, they were bracketing that wide receiver, so you know Cooper was underneath, and you had the safety over top. And I mean, they there is no way they could have pulled that that off last year. You know, so 
yes, there there are some holes. Yes, you know, some guys, you know, uh, there was one play where um, uh, DJ hit um, is a white wide receiver. Um, and had it been a better throw, he would have ran forever. But at the same time, the guy made a, a, a nice catch uh, where he pretty much laid out for the ball and caught it. You know, and those are plays that Clemson hasn't been making at all this year. You know, they've been dropping those balls. And, of course, whenever they see the FSU um, uniform out there, you know, they're going to make those plays. But, um, you know, whenever you look at other statistics, um, you know, the points per game allowed are down. Uh, third down conversions are down. Yards per play allowed are down. Um, red zone defense has improved over last year. I mean, all the metrics are there. Um, you know, they just need more experienced players. There's no coincidence that the majority of the, the, the better players on the team are transfers. You know, I mean, I, I think that, that tells you all you need to know. Um, you know, so they need they need more experience and they need more talent um, on the defense. You know that you know Kirby Smart said it best. You know, good coaches are you know made to look good because they have good players. And um, I think um, you know, barring barring uh, FSU just bombing, you know, the next four games. You know, if if they if they go to Doke Saturday against NC State and you know they give up you know forty fifty points. Then you know that may change that may change the narrative a little bit, but um you know as of right now those guys are playing hard they're playing physical they're in position you know majority of the time you know it's just it's just come down to consistently um you know making a play and um I'm you know I wrote I wrote on the site on Chop Chat um the other day um you know, about the mindset of the team and, um, you know, going into the, uh, the NC state game, NC state is a, um, you know, a three point, uh, betting favorite. Um, speaking of, I, I should go ahead and, and plug in, um, our sponsor, uh, bet online. Um, so if you, I'm sorry, if you bet on FSU at plus nine and a half, oh, that was the worst beat of all time with Clemson uh, scoring that touchdown late, but, um, make sure you go to betonline.com. Uh, um, you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe 50 that's B L E A V 50 to receive your bonus. Um, you know, I'm interested to see how the, uh, NC state line moves as we get closer to the game. Three point favorite. If, uh, you know, this is a game that kind of has me, mm, you know, they have a good quarterback. They do a lot of dinking and dunking on offense. Uh, it's, ugh, I hate watching them, to be honest with you. Um, you know, but it's stuff that, you know, if you if you don't have good linebacker play, and, of course, FSU doesn't, yeah, you know, it can be a long day at the office. Um, and you have to make tackles. You, you, you have to make sure tackles against a team like this. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see – um, how this team is going to show up. Now, Mike Novell said they had one of the best practices that they have had all year, um, you know, uh, on um, on Monday, I think it was. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they are, they're able to um, maintain that focus. Um, I feel like FSU needs to win 
at least two more, I'd say two more games, two of the four, you know, preferably, preferably it, you know, it would be Miami and Florida. Um, but Miami is looking like, you know, they, they've gotten their act together a little bit. You know, they found a uh, quarterback, it seems with the uh, Van Dyke guy, um, but their defense is still trash. You know, they're giving up a lot of points. Uh, they can be ran on um, and, you know, NC State can be ran on also. And I'm already counting Boston College as a, as a win. So you guys, if you've listened to the podcast or been reading Chop Chat for a while, you know that I had Boston College as my most overrated team on the schedule. You know, unless unless we just have a, a catastrophic injury at a couple of positions or something like that, you know, I, I had that down as a win. And and I had that as a win before the season started, before they lost their quarterback and all this stuff. But, you know, Miami and NC State and then Florida, you know, Dan Mullen pretty much, you know, is I don't even know if he's going to be there next year, the way things are looking with him. I mean, he basically shut down the um, press conference he had today. And, you know, he's not even allowing players to speak to the media. Um, Todd Granham, his defense coordinator, is not speaking to the media. Just Dan Mullen. And basically, you know, someone asked him about recruiting. Um, <laughs> and here we are, like, a, you know, with a month from the early signing period. And then Mullen said, we'll talk about recruiting whenever it's time uh, to recruit. I'm like, bro, early signing period is like in a couple of weeks. So anyway, keep keep Dan Mullen out there. You know, man, what what a joke, you know. I, I, I'm gonna be. I'm curious to see what what's gonna happen with him. He seems like he's looking for a way out over there, and you know they just got blown out by Georgia. So who knows what what Florida's gonna look like in 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 the next three or four weeks? But you know if FSU can win two out of the four games, um, like I said, preferably you know I would like to have um, Miami and Florida because those are two rival games, and we've lost you know consecutive years to those teams. Um, but you know. If it's um, Boston College and and NC State, you know, so be it. Um, we gotta we gotta get some momentum. Um, and winning winning the NC State game probably is probably is important because you know it kind of gets that bad taste of the Clemson loss out of your mouth and gets you uh, some confidence going into the Miami game. And um, that Miami, that Miami game, you know, those guys are you know they're gonna be. They're gonna be hyped um, to come into Duke and keep that um, that streak, that little streak they have going. So FSU needs um, all the good vibes they can they can get to um, to go into that game and uh, and hopefully um, pull pull that win off. But um, you know, um, there's been a lot of talk about um, Mike Norvell and uh, and the coaching staff, and you know, should they keep some of the coaches, and you know. Um, some people still want Adam Fuller fired and, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, the way, the way the team is responding to, um, you know, Mike Norville and the current coaching staff, you know, I'm, I'm at the point now where you can see the improvement, you know, we've seen what changing coaches does, you know, to a program. Um, and not only that, you know, if you if you fire a coach, you know, after, you know, a year or two, I mean, what 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 coaches, you know, want to come coach at FSU? It's like, man, you know, 
it's a short leash. It's a short leash down there. You know, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's any good coaches that want to come, you know, you know, to work for, for Mike Novell, if he's already firing people after two years, not to mention, you know, you can look and see the improvement in the team. And the other question is, you know, if he were to fire Adam Fuller, you know, since that's the guy um, everybody wants gone of those people that, you know, want someone fired that or, or Chris Marv, who, who are you going to get? That's going to be another defense coordinator, you know, players, going to have to learn to trust that person they're going to have to try to learn that terminology and you know are will they be a good recruiter you know um so there's a lot of to me there's more negatives than positives and in um in firing adam fuller and then bringing somebody on like i said unless he just bombs he just bombs the next four weeks and then granted, NC State and Miami, you know, they look like, you know, offensively, they, uh, they've they gotten things together. Um, and Florida can put up some points, too, whenever, you know, they are, um, you know, they're, you know, all on the same page. Boston College, not so much. But, you know, if he can hold his own against, you know, these these four teams coming up, I, mean, I see I see no reason to, to go elsewhere. Um, you got to – it looks like, you know um, – Travis Hunter, Sam McCall, AJ Duffy are locked in. Um, they've all tweeted, you know, in the next in the last couple of days about, you know, being excited at signing early, uh, which is going to be huge. You know, signing early will allow those guys to get in here in January, you know, learn the systems, you know, start getting physically prepared and so that they can make an impact, you know, as freshmen next year. And um, there's a number of other players that are looking to enroll early too. So, um, you know, the going back to recruiting the, um, the Miami game is going to be big. Um, you know, there's about eight or 10 blue chip, um, recruits out there that FSU is in the mix with. Um, of course, you know, you got your two legacy players, Marvin Jones, Jr., Julian Armella, um, and, um, a host of other guys out there that FSU could potentially sign. So that's why, you know, the next four games is is critical in, in continuing continuing to establish that, um, you know, that momentum, the belief in the program, that confidence, um, that proof of concept that, hey, you know, things are going in the right direction. You know, yeah, we got off to a bad start, but, um, you know, things are things are trending. So uh, the next the next month is going to be really important. For the program, um, you know, so I'm excited to see how it goes. Um, should be fun to write about the uh, NC State game as we get closer this week. But before I leave you guys, I did have uh, one question. My man, uh, one day at a time, um, asked if we, if he thought that we would um, uh, blitz against NC State as often as we did against Clemson last week, and. That's a tough question, my man. Um, NC State, like I said, they they get rid of the ball quickly. Um, I think they have only allowed about twelve sacks um, on the year. Um, you know, their quarterback doesn't hold the ball long. Um, you know, so unless we get them into like a third and long or something like that, um, I could see us maybe blitzing in uh, to try to make him get rid of the ball. But um, I think the best bet, probably, um, especially on standard downs, is 
you know, try to win with their front four and uh, hopefully you can get pressure um, with uh, either Jermaine Johnson or Kira Thomas and, um, you know, let your uh, let your secondary um, see if you can uh, hold their guys in check. Now, they do have a couple of receivers that are big and, um, you know, they can make plays. So, you know, it is going to be imperative that they are able to um, get get pressure on uh, Devin O'Leary and, um, you know, make him get rid of the ball um, a little bit quicker than he wants to. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, I think um, Adam Fuller is, you know, becoming a little more aggressive as um, guys are, are getting more comfortable, um, you know, in his packages and, you know, learning how to time the blitzes up well. And um, I can see a noticeable noticeable difference between um, last year and this year. I know last year I remember saying a, a number of times like, wow, that blitz took forever to get there, um, you know, and then – but you could see in the Clemson game, um, you know, guys were just shooting through the gap and, you know, it was like you know, DJ hiked the ball and he was like, oh, shit, here's a guy on my face. I got to get rid of it. Um, you know, so we'll see. Um, but hopefully those guys will um, remain focused this week and, um, you know, go into uh, to Doak and hopefully the fans will show up. You know, these guys, you know, I wrote about it the other day. These guys, are man, they're playing hard. And um, that was a tough game against Clemson. And um, I feel like – if, uh, you know, fans show up on Saturday, it's a four o'clock game. So, you know, fans will have, you know, all day to um, to tailgate and um, get riled up. And uh, hopefully um, it'll be an electric atmosphere for those guys. Um, you saw um, at Clemson, you know, Clemson came to the game four and three and the stadium was rocking like they were, you know, eight and oh. And um, we need to see the same thing from FSU fans. So. Um, those players out there, you know, they're giving everything they got and, um, hopefully FSU fans will show up and show out for those guys. But, um, I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in with me. Um, it's always fun to talk FSU football and, um, you know, the program's going in the right direction, I believe. Um, it's a, it's an exciting time, you know, a couple of years ago, it was like, you were just tuning in just to see how bad we were going to get beat. But now, you know, going to these games, you, um, you know, their coin flip games, you know, it's almost like, well, we could win, but if we do this, you know, um, we, we could lose, um, you know, so, you know, the ride to the top, you know, I don't know how many of you guys were around back whenever, um, Jimbo first took over, but, um, one thing that, um, I know I was thinking about earlier today and I'm kind of just rambling, I know, but, um, we were talking about, um, you know, holes that needed to be addressed you remember in 2009 how bad the um, FSU defense was and what was the first thing that Jimbo did? Jimbo went and um, got a bunch of guys um, in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball. Now, the opposite has happened with Mike Novell. The offensive line has been, you know, really bad um, over the last few years. And, you know, in the um, 2022 class, Mike Novell and the coaching staff, um, Alex Atkins, they have, um, you know, they've stocked up on, offensive linemen. So, you know, I think that's a good sign. You know, um, you know, Jimbo identified, man, on defense, we have a problem in the trenches. Uh, we got to address that quickly. And you see uh, Mike Novell and Alex Atkins um, doing the same thing on the off- offensive side of the ball. So um, I think we're in good hands. Um, you know, those guys just got to keep grinding, uh, got to get uh, better players in here. And I think they will. Um, 
I'm, I'm sure they're going to use the transfer portal again. They can use Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas and uh, Jamie Robinson. You know, all of those guys, uh, Fabian Lovett, all of those guys, you know, came from the portal. Um, so they have proof like, hey, look at these four guys. They came in, um, made a difference, and they're probably, you know, going to make a lot of money uh, moving forward. So um, hopefully we'll see um, them put it all together here in the next few weeks. But Appreciate you guys uh, supporting. Um, be sure to like, subscribe, download, put your notifications on so that you'll know whenever the um, podcast is uploaded. And uh, we look forward to talking with you in a few days. Go notes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.